0: Hey, lucky here. It's the Pat and JT Podcast.
1: Pat and JT Podcast.
0: Uh, it's Pat and JT. Um, this is our podcast. Um, and yeah, hopefully you found us, Pat and, JT's, uh, Pat and JT.com. It's Pat and JT on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or um, 402-403-9478. That's our voicemail number if you want to have any comments on anything we talk about at all yeah. about anything from 25 episodes ago or today, <laughs> just call and leave us a voicemail. That'd be awesome.
1: Thanks One thing we really like about doing our podcast is uh, something that we've discovered as we've gone along is it gives us a much better opportunity to get to know some people um, because before we had time limits and now we don't have time limits. So we can kind of dive into some of these stories and especially now with all that's going on in the area with the flooding. And we run across some amazing people. We had uh, Fremont Fred was in a while back, and he, he was talking about what was going on in his area and some of the people that he's been working with. And this time around, uh, somebody that I ran across on Facebook.
0: I So the first time I saw this video was because you shared it. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: And then fortunately was able to make contact and get these guys in here. Um, we have in our studio, we have Kip Otter, and we have Carrie Messenger. hi guys welcome to the welcome to the podcast good
2: morning thanks for having us you
1: betcha uh first off let's do a little bit of background on both of you because this will be informative to me too i know a little bit about each of you but just what do you do in your regular day-to-day life
3: well um professionally i my family owns jack and mary's restaurant and i'm the general manager there and i've worked there for going on 10 years so um it's and Jack and Marys has been around for ever over forty years, mm-hmm. yeah. So everybody loves our fried chicken at Jack and Marys, and
1: <laughs> I hear they have the best gizzards.
3: They're yeah, uh. you know, not many places have gizzards, so I know right? I, love. I don't have a lot of competition. <laughs> I love a maybe gizzard. they just know better.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, and you guys, yeah, mainstay in Omaha, no doubt about it. That's yeah. for sure. Yep. Well, good deal. All right, and Carrie, what's, what do you do in your regular life?
2: So I am in marketing. Watch I've been marketing. Cool. I've been in marketing for uh, over 20 years, and about three days before the floods hit, I was laid off my job. Oh, so my gosh. So I had some time, oh which man. was good, but now I'm trying to balance some of the things that we're doing now and trying to land some consulting projects. So, in the Kindred last souls. Years,
1: yeah. We feel you. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We feel you, no doubt about it. Um, you're from Omaha originally.
2: Um, I'm from Western Nebraska originally. In fact, I put some stuff on our Facebook page this morning. My dad was part of the hay convoy that went to Grand Island oh from McCook, Nebraska yes. um, just last week. So yeah, I'm I'm from a large farming and ranching family. I grew up in the kitchen. So that's kind of where all this kind of comes into play. Yeah. Um, but have, what part of Western Nebraska? Out by McCook.
1: Just by McCook. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. Good we, deal. Our
2: family farms out there and has cattle. We have Super. a couple of uh, cattle operations out there, so really
1: cool. nice. And you're from yeah. Omaha originally, Kip.
3: Um, I'm from UTAN originally. UTAN. Yep.
0: Really. <laughs> right yeah. down the road from my stomping grounds, yep. Waterloo. When He's did your you graduate, Waterloo. Kip? 1999. I uh, graduated 92 uh, so same. you were, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. there. I'm from yeah.
1: Ashland originally. So, yeah, small yeah. towns unite. Here we are. Yeah. We I, I do
3: live in Waterloo now though. So, oh, do you? Yeah, I, okay. I sure do. I live in Riverside Lakes now.
0: Oh, and, nice. Yeah, yeah, I grew I mean, I oh, grew, grew up peeing that lake many times. I love <laughs> it. And it was terrible to see what happened to not oh. not necessarily the houses in that community, but the roads, and entrance and just that whole area. It's yeah, it, is. It's it, be- it truly
3: added with all the roads being destroyed the entrance of riverside lakes totally got destroyed um, yeah and it adds you know if you're coming into Omaha, if you're headed east on if you want to go east on Dodge Street, it added 15 minutes to my drive time every day. So.
1: Oh my gosh.
3: Um, I think today, fingers crossed, it sounds like I saw tr- trucks parked on the concrete, like trucks heavier than mine. I have a half ton pickup truck. Nice. so oh, I'm so awesome. kind of excited about that. Good. I bet you are. It's, yeah. a, it's
1: the little things. It's the right? little right, things, right? right. right. Now, we'll take how it. do you guys know each other?
2: Well, that's actually a funny story. So, right before the flood, I started taking donations online. Um, because I can call You knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. We'd heard it was coming. Um, in college, I'd helped with the flooding in Des Moines. Wow. And knew that there would probably be a need. Um, my family, were farmers, so when there's a crisis, we get in the kitchen and we just cook. Uh-huh. That's just what we do. <laughs> um, my kids were going to be on spring break with my ex-husband that week, and I had the time to give it because I wasn't working. And um, started raising some funds on Facebook, and my friends started by giving $300. That turned into $1,000, which turned into $3,000. Wow. Um, so that's awesome. W- thank you. So yeah. when Waterloo opened up, I have some friends, um, uh, Amber, Serrano Wiley, and Jamie Coffee, who live in the Waterloo area. Their homes were spared, but they knew people who did not were not as fortunate. and there was a church there that was starting to start up a distribution center, and they were able to connect me with the pastor there, um, Mike Bitter and his wife, Ruth, who run the Christian Church of Waterloo. And I called them, and they were really funny. Um, Bruce, like, who are you? I'm like, what? What do you want to do? What? And Mike was so busy. He's like, just talk to my wife. They were really, really sweet. Um, I said, my name's Carrie. You no, know, I want to come out. I've raised some funds. I have enough groceries and enough money to probably feed you guys for a couple of days. Like, maybe do breakfast, lunch, and dinner service for a couple of days because I know that you're going to have people coming in, and there's going to be folks that need to be fed. And he's like, oh, that'd be great. So at the time, I didn't have the $3,000 built up in my fund. I only had about $1,000 at that point. And so I went to Sam's Club and I loaded up my car with groceries. And I showed up at the driveway in the church. And Mike met me at the drive and he's like, Who are you again? It was just it was really funny. And when I got to the church and I saw the kitchen, I was like, Wow, it was just a very small, um, modest. modest church kitchen <laughs> yes. in, a, in a rural Nebraska church. You know, it's I something know. that I grew up with, but you know. And uh, a 1980s dishwasher. And I think the stove was like from the mid 80s. It nice. was an electric stove and it, it, it wasn't phenomenal by any means. Um, I started cooking in there and I think I was probably one of the first um, chefs or cooks mm-hmm. really to be on the ground in, in Grand Zero at Waterloo at that time. And I just think started a lot of people up. didn't
1: think about that. Like, you know, the people that got flooded, right? their food was destroyed. Yeah. They, their, their, they can't even get in their kitchen. No. And you can't afford to eat out, you know, right. and then there's the volunteers as well. Yeah. It's just so many people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So, so
2: I started cooking and word got out. Um, my friends were helping with the distribution center side of it. So Amber and Jamie or uh, Amber and Jessica were helping with the, uh, distribution side of it. And they were doing a lot of social media posts about the kitchen and what I was doing. And then the news crew started showing up and we did some TV interviews nice. and then it just kind of exploded. Um, what started out as a trunkload of groceries became 110 loaves of bread. Wow. Um, became wow. 200 pounds. That's, that's 200, incredible. Yeah. 200 mm. pounds of potatoes, one bag of potatoes at a time. Mm-hmm. We actually have a Warner Trucking donated a reefer truck because Kip helped coordinate that. Um, full of food that people just brought to the church one donation at a time, which is. Pretty incredible. And so what I started out thinking that I was gonna feed people for a few days, turned out to be an entire week, wow. and over a thousand meals.
1: Oh
0: my gosh.
2: Which is pretty pretty remarkable. So well, not, not, to, gives, not it to, it to
0: shine light on the layoff, but thank God you got laid off. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, what would we have done? Uh, what would they have done? I wanna say right?
2: sometimes there's, there's a, a higher power, right? Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. There's, there's a, a reason. total reason. Totally, yeah, Absolutely. I think that that's, that's definitely true. Right so um ended up getting some really good volunteers in the the kitchen um nicole and Teresa. the church had some folks that lived just down the street that were really good at helping us with manning the kitchen um had some support with some friends through my nebraska furniture mart relationships and amber works there and so we have a lot of folks in common there and a couple of them have connections into the food service industry. And so Petros had come in and, and done some mm-hmm. things. And Midlax Cafe right down the street here had also helped with that. And Petros had actually donated some prep tables because I was on my feet. I'd, I'd arrive at the church kitchen at 730 and I would leave like at 11. Yeah. And I was on my feet all day long. At night. And, at at night. night. Oh, I'm thinking yeah. that's not a long day. Yeah, I yeah, know. At, no, at all, night. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's
0: amazing. Oh, yeah. And Petros, and, and where is Petros located?
2: It's over there off of... Um, it's like the... It Farnham Street? Is that right? Uh, I it was Center. It was yeah. Center Street. Like like yeah, center Street. Like 60. Yeah, 60. so yeah. way
0: far east. Nowhere near Waterloo. Nowhere no. near right. Waterloo. But that's because I, we have,
2: I had friends who were really caring about the cause and what yeah. I saw what I was that's doing, cool. wanted, to think there wanted to are wanted as well? That's what
1: I was
0: thinking. Like, I'm like, well, maybe they had family. No, no that's cool. No, wow. the
2: relationship was through Amber and my relationship through the furniture mm-hmm. mart. So... Yeah, that was that was exciting. And then we were also doing a lot of sanitation. I think what people don't realize is that E. coli has been found in the flood water. And mm-hmm. so to keep the, the kitchen safe, to keep our patrons safe and our guests safe and our volunteers safe, we've had a lot of first responders, a lot of volunteer groups. Um, we were having to tear everything down and do sanitation between services. So oh we had gosh. to completely sanitize tables. Chairs top to bottoms, chair legs, everything had to be sanitized between each service. Well, I bet because people coming
1: in, you know, who knows what's on their shoes, who knows, you know, where they had been. Because I'd I'd heard some people were talking about when they would, uh, they lived up by Fremont and when they were out at their, their place and they had like an acreage out there and we're doing what they could, they live in Omaha and when they come home, they would strip down yeah. in the garage Yep, same. and go through the mudroom, wash up as best they could and then head straight to the bathroom, take yep. a shower. Yep. And it was just, that was just the routine. Cause
2: you just don't want to bring the E. coli in and you yeah. don't want to yeah. you know, take that risk of either, you know, contaminating something in your own home or any of that. So. We were taking extreme precautions to keep the kitchen safe and to keep the kitchen clean, and so that took, you know, an hour after we would close the kitchen at night yeah. or more, and a, an army of volunteers to make sure that we were keeping that space and that church clean. Um, a lot of us found in the situation in the kitchen that we were doing a lot of education with folks who were coming in. A lot of that wasn't getting out to the actual flood victims themselves. Have you known? Do you know that that water is tested positive for E. coli? Here's how you need to keep yourself safe. Yeah. You need to make sure you're getting buckets. And we had all that there at the church to, to wash up. And I was labeling five-gallon buckets. This is your washing-only bucket. Don't don't muck out your house with this bucket. You need to just save this bucket so you can wash your hands and then throw a little bleach of water in there and keep this clean because mm-hmm. yeah. they, they don't have running water. Um, so we went through a lot of that education and all that. And by Sunday, so this is the first week, ground zero, Right. I was exhausted. <laughs> and I was just about ready, I think, to just crawl into a ball and just, you know, roll over and have enough a nap. There's no lifetime. end in sight. There right. really no
1: end in sight, and you're out there. And, and granted, you had lots of people helping you. Yes. Um, and, and a crew, but still, yeah, so it was, many people it needed was help. Pretty
2: overwhelming. Um, we had some families who ate three days, three meals a day with us because we were the only way for them to eat. People walking mm-hmm. through mud because well, there was no road to get and to us. Probably their vehicles on, were flooded, hiking in, right? Yeah, so they,
1: they couldn't even if they could get to their vehicle. Right.
2: I had a yeah. guy who would drive his jeep to the end of the street, and then he would kayak to his house. Mm. And he was able to save some of his chickens. He was able to get them up high enough. Mm. Um, he would bring farm fresh eggs into me in the kitchen to cook wow. with. Oh my god! So he would bring those eggs back. But by Sunday, I was about ready to just have the nap of a lifetime. And Keb shows up. We've never met, so this, so we've known each other for what two weeks now? Two and a little and a half? over two, two weeks, weeks now. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He shows up with a five gallon bucket of fresh chicken noodle soup for dinner service that night and i thought i was gonna pass out <laughs> I'm like, who are you why are you here yeah. um, my angel yeah, where did you right. come from
1: <laughs> bearing bearing chicken bearing gifts so right you know, know
2: it's a small things a five it gallon bucket is. of soup and i was like oh thank uh, god yes
1: <laughs> yeah what what prompted you to do that well
3: <clears throat> you know I, I come from small town nebraska as well utan and uh Um, It's. I think it's just in the nature of people from. And I, you know, obviously there's great people everywhere, but um, you know, it just seems in general, small town people really Mm -hmm. kind of band together, and that's, you know, and and public service civic duty things are kind of runs in my blood my whole family is um law enforcement or f- was affiliated oh, wow. my father's a retired Omaha police officer I have a sister who's an Omaha police lieutenant
1: I think I know who she is does she have some really wonderful dogs
3: yes she does I, yeah.
1: we're good friends with copper and uh, caliber yeah by the way yeah. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's yep oh, yeah. that's awesome my what a sister, small world my I had no an idea and so
3: and then my other sister's a Sarby County deputy sheriff my mom was the um
1: oh and I like Ty too yeah, is Ty is that.
3: awesome. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, <laughs> and then. Um,
1: uh, so you're you're, you're a service minded family. My goodness. Talk yeah, and there's social work service. social yeah.
3: workers on both sides of the family. Um, my cousin Mary, she had just told me that our um, great grandparents were also just really you know, caring and always were looking out for the community. I mean, back then there wasn't you know, you didn't have specific job titles, but they were always right. making sure everybody was okay. So Right. Um so I mean I you know, that's just it's just kind of in my blood to try and help people. I've always kind of I've always stuck up for people well, you know when I had seen something I didn't think was right. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I lived, I lived in, I live in Riverside lakes now, but I just moved there in August and I used to live just South, about a quarter of a mile of Riverside lakes.
0: Okay.
3: Um, there's a, uh, it's, it's a very small community. There's 13 homes down there and they're right on the river. I used to be able to cast a fishing pole right off my front porch into the river. I'm a big fisherman. So that's kind of, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a prime time place for me. Yeah. That's so, a cool deal, yeah. Um, so right when the, when the floods happened, um, you know, it was predicted that it was supposed to happen on Friday night or Saturday morning. Exactly. And we all thought we had you know twelve to twenty four hours before it hit. We were you know Thursday night coming into the whole deal, um, and uh, and I, I just had there was just something in me. It was like you know there's this is going to be this is going to be catastrophic. And they were talking about record high flood waters and. Um, so I kind of, kind of got. I have a boat that I take out on the Elkhorn River, and it's it's not a traditional boat that you can like like you see around lakes. It has a, it, it's actually almost like a lawnmower engine on it, um, which is air cooled, so it doesn't need water. Okay. To cool the engine, and I got that, Ooh. and I got that ready um, beforehand because I, I just I, I I knew that there might be an, a need for it. So um, Thursday night I was I was ready, you know, kind of getting ready, and we were debating whether we should evacuate, and they put up a huge sign. Um, at oh the entrance God. of Riverside Lakes, evacuate now, flood water's coming, you know? And we're all like, oh, we got 12 hours, we got 24 hours.
1: We're all right. We're all right. Well, I knew right. some people, too, that lived uh, south of Gretna, well, actually, right on the Elkhorn, and, and they, on that Friday, it was like, in the middle of the day, I think it was when John said, you know, I think I'm gonna go run out and, and check and make sure everything's okay, because they have a small acreage and they have the goat farm, mm-hmm. and, um He's at like 250 goats, right? And this real rare breed. He's the largest uh, breeder of these San Clemente goats in the country. I think in the world, it's in the world actually, world, yeah. it's in the world. And so he's 250 goats, and they were they planned on they were going to get them out of there, right? But they thought, well, we've got time. And he gets out there and he sees the water's already up, already there. And yep. then he puts out the call, and fortunately, he had people that were. Yeah, expecting it, just not then. Right. and they were able to get the get the trucks in there and get the trailers in there and get them all out. But he said he was shocked when he how fast it came in. Yeah, and then it and it just didn't let up.
3: Right, right. Mm. And the the Platte River had kind of already flooded, um, had already started flooding the day before. And um, my my family who lives out in Utah and um, my sister mm. lives in Memphis and waters were coming up yeah. fast around Memphis. So, um, you know, I, I've been helping my sister out and kind of just preparing, you know, that was kind of what we were doing. So I wake up Friday morning and I'm like, oh, okay. And I had actually borrowed a, another boat, um, a real small boat because the Waterloo um, volunteer fire department was kind of put a calling out for people who had really small boats because they were having trouble getting into places to get oh. to people. Yeah, um,
0: that makes sense. Um, yeah. They
3: couldn't take their boat all the way to where they needed to because there'd be dry land and then there'd be water again, there'd be dry land. So they kind of put a calling out for a really small boat that two guys could be able to carry. Um, and a friend of mine, I I had a motor that I had sold to him and he had a really small boat. So he brought it out to me and I was, I had that ready to go and I was good. I woke up Friday morning was like, I'm going to take it to the volunteer fire department for them to use it. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and drove to the entrance. I mean, I, my backyard b- backs right up to the river and I'm like, Whoa,
1: there it is. Uh, there's the
3: water already. The water's right there. So I, I went to the entrance of Riverside and I was like, um, tr- you know, I wanted to, to get out and I couldn't get out. And then my neighbors who uh, were in the, in the neighborhood wow. where I used to live, they they had called me and they were like, "Kip, do you do you know what's going on?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, obviously, you know, there's water everywhere." And they woke up in the middle of the night and they could hear water running through their homes. Oh my gosh, so, terrifying!
1: Right, yeah. yeah, totally. But
2: that's that was the norm for a lot of people Jeez. down there. Yeah. see that's it. they were
1: they were expecting it, but they thought they had a little more time. Right, not that soon. Not that. Right, and right. it came with a vengeance, man. Yeah, just hit and they had called. The,
3: they had called the fire department. Um, you know, a rescue, and they they weren't certain when they were going to be able to get to them. Their call load was already so high, and they were really scared. And, a, you know, a couple of my neighbors, um, one is an older gentleman who had had a stroke um, last year, and he's had heart problems, and then another gentleman, um, not as... Um, Uh, not as old as the other guy, but he had also had a stroke and he's diabetic and um, I knew they were all there still and I knew some of them had left already, but I knew those guys were still there and and they'd called me and they were like, hey, do you know what's going on? You know, can you, do you think you'd come down and get me, you know? And I'm like, Oh, okay. okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's it's time. You know, and uh, it was it was a very nerve wracking. Because there's nobody si- you could call. Right. There was no. I mean, you know. And that you at know, that I point. mean, God bless the wow. all the volunteers and the fire right. departments and everything. But they were overworked. I know Mead was out. Utan was out. Yeah. Waterloo. I mean, on all of them. And people were volunteering t- to bring in their airboats and everything else. But it just there just wasn't enough people. I mean, at the end of the day. And so, I hooked up my boat to my truck and I drove. Um, down the street to one of my neighbor's yards. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was then, um, basically a, like a, a lake with current under it, but your current. So I backed my, my, uh, my boat in and I, I, you know, kind of said a prayer and I was, I was, I was anxious. I was extremely yeah. anxious. The water was 30, 35 degrees, you know, and that's, oh. that's one thing that if you fall in water like that, um, mm-hmm. you know, your, your body gets stiff and, you know, hypothermia is going to set in very quickly. And it, I, I knew that there was a, a, a danger a a A real extreme danger right so i called another one of my neighbors up and i was like hey steve this is kip your neighbor and he's like yeah they were they were they were sandbagging another house and he was and i was like hey i'm getting i'm getting ready to go down to my old neighborhood and he knew where i had lived and i said you know, I'm gonna go down to my old neighborhood. Some of my, my neighbors had called me and they, they need help. I need to get them out of there. And he was like, you're doing what? And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going, I'm going down. I'm like, well, you going just in. get some people to come down here. If something happens to me, I wanna be able to yell and at least you guys will have an approximate location. I want people to know at least what I'm where doing I'm and at. where I'm at
0: great so, idea it's yeah, a great idea so Bye. i
3: didn't even wait i just jumped in the boat and i headed down and it was it was terrifying i, mean, I was shaking and i was like wow this is this so is, when this you is... say
0: you're heading down are you heading down on what used to be yards or are you in the channel over well the between
3: my old neighborhood and riverside lakes um it's basically just a large field and there's like the water treatment facility for riverside lakes right there mm-hmm. and so that was my that was my route so that okay. was i and i was ter- that
0: would be terrifying because you don't know there could be Branches, trees, debris. Oh, and I mean, there, could w-
3: be there anything. is. There was. You know, yeah. and the one thing that's nice about my boat, it's very rugged and it can handle. I, I ripped some holes in it before, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah. know, so I was just going. Thing, yeah, yeah, I was going slow, and the current also is is was also a concern to me because you know if the engine stalls or whatever, it can push you into right. things and it can flip over. And it's not very big. It's a 15, 15 foot long, and the bottom oh is forty two inches wide. So, oh. um, it's a it's basically a two man boat, and uh, so I just I just. You know, real slow, headed down to the neighbor's place, and I knew there were some fences, and I knew there was some like a, a chain across between yeah. my old neighborhood and um, where I, you know where I currently lived, and so I was just you know real slow going, and as I was getting towards the neighborhood, I could see the the disaster of everything, and I I I, I pulled right next to my old mailboxes and essentially i mean you know the height of mailboxes well they were at the level of of the bottom of my boat wow and i could smell propane that was something also that really scared me i'm I'm in an internal combustion motor you know running here and all i can smell is propane
1: that's and that happened to john too his propane Mm -hmm. tank floated Floated away away. yeah Yeah.
3: they were they were going and i mean it was
1: it was something else so
3: the first house that i pulled up to um I, I knew they were in there, I'd talked to them already, and um, the one gentleman who lives there, I was, I was very concerned about, like I said, he had a stroke, he's diabetic, you know, and yeah. um, his health just hasn't been that great. And, um, you know, so I pull up to it, and um, one thing about my, the engine on my boat doesn't have a neutral, so I just, I used the engine to butt up against his truck. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, Joe, I'm gonna scratch your truck. And he was like, that's okay. Um, you know, there's water running through it anyway, so <laughs> I say, it's um, gotta
2: be this catfish sorry, in the man. front seat, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it, it's good, yeah. So oh, you're more important than your truck, right? right. Oh so, and,
3: and he was, I mean, I can see the fear in his eyes, and yeah. you know, they were like, oh, the propane, the propane. I'm like, I understand, you know, what well, you know, hopefully, it's not strong enough to you know, light anything up, and um, you know. He didn't um, have a choice. Right. Another one of our yeah. neighbors was at his house and they've been friends for years. And he helped Joe get down into my boat. He was, he really didn't want to go. And I'm like, Joe, you have two options here. You can just come on and get in the boat, or I'm going to get out of the boat and come get you. <laughs> and a
1: uh, big guy, so right? yeah. yeah, you're not staying. And no. so
3: he was like, okay, you know, and he stepped into the boat. And I, we just slowly went back. And, you know, it was pretty amazing. Um, as I'm, as I'm heading back, I couldn't see my, my neighborhood because there's trees and everything. Um, and as I'm, as I'm heading, back with joe i can see i don't know how many of my neighbors probably 24 to 30 people from riverside lakes that were all there waiting my oh neighbor my who i had originally called steve yeah he was like kip is going down and he's gonna go rescue they people brought the, you know? they brought the
1: posse right. right so everybody
3: came and there were some people who you know were on the omaha fire department who had who lived in our neighborhood that were there and and just a lot of people. And they were like, what's going on? I'm like, I used to live down there. There's people down there. I'm going back. They're like, well, get more life jackets and let's try and find a first aid kit. And and I'm like, well, you know, there's a sense of urgency here. And I I also started to hear an airboat um, that was down there. Um, Mm -hmm. And as I was headed back, I had seen an airboat that had pulled into the neighborhood and was also rescuing people. And I do believe that was either some volunteer firemen from waterloo um mm-hmm. or there's a, a guy who works at uh, shields um his name's jeremy um he works he works in the fishing department i always talk to him yeah. um, <laughs> and we kind of communicated and he was friends with one of the guys down there so they were getting people out as well and um so oh, we were God. heading back uh, i was heading back down to pick up the other guy who was at joe's house um and his name's also steve and I mean it, it just it just the fear in people's eyes you know despair I mean it's yeah. it's what it is it's like your whole world is just it's just it's it was it was, going away. it was underwater. You know, yeah. yeah, I mean, most
1: people never see that, right? You know, most you know for the most, and sadly, too many people were affected by it this time that had never had that happen to them no. before, yeah. and see that kind of devastation, and you're just like, this is not supposed to be happening in right. any way,
0: shape, or form. Right now, your your buddies, the, oh. your old neighbors' houses. What's the status of them now? Are they a complete loss? Yeah, they're
1: they're
3: in, they're in pretty bad shape. I mean, some of them are like my old house. It's 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 totaled. There's a sinkhole underneath of it. So, mm. um, and then. So I went back down, I picked up Steve and I, I got him and I felt a little more comfortable Good. at that point. I had known a route that I had gone and so um, I, there were some spots where I was bottoming out because it was still shallow, you know. So I, I just I just tore into it and got it up on plane and flew back down <laughs> to my neighborhood and all my neighbors <laughs> are cheering and they're like waving. and oh my God. Um, And so I dropped off Steve and I was like, I'm gonna head back down there. I know there's, you know, I wanna make sure everybody's out. And there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a, a couple who lives, on a road down there, not exactly in my neighborhood, but really close to it. I wanted to check on them. I knew they were elderly and so I headed back down the road to their house and again I'm driving by my mailbox and like my old mailbox. I'm like, hi mailbox yeah. under the water. <laughs> um so oh, surreal. It was surreal. Yeah. So I pull up to these people's house and um I can and I was just yelling, I'm like, anybody in there, you know, anyone, you know, and I, I see people peeking out the, the window and I'm like, oh, there's people in here, you know, oh my God. and it was a couple and they've lived there for a long, long time. And, and I, I don't personally know them. I've seen them, you know, kind of country neighbor wave kind of a deal. <laughs> um, and I, I docked my boat on their front steps of their house and um, the water level at that point, their house is up a little bit, but the water was just now starting to go into their into their house. And so he opened the door and he's an elderly guy, I would say close to 80 years old. And I said, hey sir, it's time to go. And he goes, no, we're not going anywhere. And I'm like, "Oh
0: my well,
3: and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't force anybody to do anything, but um, I knew the water was gonna come up, you know, at least they were predicting a couple more feet. So I said to him, I go, the water's gonna come up a couple more feet. Mm -hmm. And he's like, here's the deal. Uh-oh. We're not going anywhere. Oh I've got God. things to take care of. And I was like, "Oh, okay, fair enough. And his wife was like kind of looking at me like, uh, and, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. um, so I just, I gave him my phone number and I said, you know, call me if you need to, and I'll come, I'll try and come back down and get you. Cause it's, you're going to need somebody to come get you. And he goes, well, thank you. And he closed the door and inside he went, you know, so. Oh my I, I, you know, kind of said a prayer for him right there, and yeah. was just like, okay, here, you know, that that's a choice that they're going to make, and I can't force anybody to do anything. Um, and I understand they had been there. Uh, from what I've heard, they've lived there for over forty years. Um, they've never seen anything like this in their exactly. life because nothing like this has ever happened right. since human beings have been documenting <laughs> the level of the river. Right. So right. I headed, so I headed back to my neighborhood, and I told you know I I told all my the huge group of my neighbors at Riverside Lakes, I'm like, there's people down there, but they won't come out. And everybody's like, oh, you know, I mean.
1: Exasperated. But it,
3: it is what it is, you know. And um, and I did hear, a, a couple hours later, I did hear airboats air back down there. And I do believe they got them out of there, which is great. Um, so yeah. that was kind of the, the start of it for me. And then the two guys that I had rescued, um, we were on River, Riverside Lakes turned into Riverside Islands, right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> so we were stuck on an island and we had nowhere to go. And we weren't going to, you know, try and call the fire department to get them out of there because they nowhere to go because their homes were underwater so um brought them into my house and uh we cooked you know a traditional nebraska meal we had steaks baked potatoes and corn um that was (laughs) what we had for dinner the first Our version
1: of a hurricane party that's right right. yeah right Right.
3: so we were fortunate riverside whoever the uh whoever the developer was i think it was back in the 70s was really thinking um because they put riverside up uh, high enough to where even like a 500 year in the 500 mm-hmm. year floodplain, we were up above it. So wow, and I I, I think we classified for the 500 year floodplain oh, on, the, yeah. on the Elkhorn yeah. River. So um, you know, we just kind of hung tight and got to know my neighbors really, really well because um, <laughs> there was a couple hundred of us stuck in Riverside Lakes. And uh, was
0: that was that, I saw um, on social media? I don't remember what day it was, but there was a band like in the park. Yeah, yeah. There's was a gal
3: it, who lives uh, down the street from us. She has a band, and um, I mean, it was just you know, it was just a gathering of community there was nothing for us to do everybody was like driving around I was driving my lawnmower around um, I mean do what,
0: what you gotta else? do right right how fun because when was the last time you drove your lawnmower around for fun but you were like what else am I gonna do right, right, Is
3: it, right. Yeah. so we were anywhere. all driving around the circle you know and people I mean you know making the best of, of the worst and that's you know mm-hmm. kind of what we did there so and there had been um, Oscar's pizza brought in pizza for everybody in the whole neighborhood and I saw that big, video on the, the, airboat. Uh, yeah. the airboat that yeah. airboat was so cool oh, yeah. I mean, it was awesome <laughs> yeah uh, and then you would just come flying in there and whip it around, and yeah. it was it was a neat deal. It was awesome, and it's you know um, it's just it's just neat. I mean that was just the sense of community that we had felt there. So um, I'd had some health issues um going on and um, I had some gastrointestinal bleeding I won't go into great detail okay. about it but um, it had caused me to be anemic and when you're anemic you have uh, low um, blood cell count and uh, red blood cells and that is what distributes oxygen throughout your body so as I'm a, I'm a pretty big guy and I like to do physical things'm I'm, mm. I'm very active I'm an outdoorsman and um, it was it was really you know bothering me that I couldn't go couldn't really do. help there was a, one of my neighbor's basements had f- flooded and and not flooded um the sewer had backed up and i went over there and was trying to help them but me dragging carpet it, it felt like i had just run a 10 mile marathon and my heart would be racing and that was kind of how i'd found out about it anyway my heart had been racing like i'd be at work at jack and mary's running food and doing what i've been doing for a long time and all of a sudden i feel like i'm gonna just fall over and die you know i'm like yeah. oh this is concerning i'm 38 years old and my heart feels like it's gonna explode out of my chest so i would went to the doctor and found out what, what i had going on with me and um so, you know, that was frustrating for me. I'm like, what's, you know, what's going on here? Uh, you know, I, I can't do any physical activity. My doctor, who's a good friend of my family, um, he was yeah. like, no, you know, I know you, I know how you are, I know your dad, I know you I, I, that. I know yeah. your family, you need to, you really need to you, just take it easy, so.
1: Definitely need to take care of yourself. You're gonna keep doing what you've been doing. I tell you what, we're going to take a break here, and uh, part two that's will right. be coming up in the next episode. Uh, they'll be rejoining us, uh, that's Kip Otter, and Carrie Messenger. Boots on the Ground Meals is their website on Facebook.
0: Yeah, and, and our on, well, ours on Facebook. It's Pat and JT on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and we'll be posting stuff you from these guys all the time. So um, anyway, so make sure you tune into our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Pat and JT Podcast. Pat and JT Podcast. A Parkville Media Production